This is the Ezra podcast. Big fight made this week. Crawford versus Porter. Crawford's maybe his definitely his biggest fight at 147. Probably the biggest fight ever in his career. And that might be name power alone, though. I'm, that's what that's the part we probably have to dive into. Is it is that just name power? If you're looking at Porter's, you know, resume. He's got a Danny Garcia, Adrian Broner. Yugos is his biggest win, which aged well, right? Controversial win. A lot of people feel Yugos won that fight. But it's, it's, it's a win on his record, right? You got Crawford. His biggest win in 147 is what? Horn? Kelbrook, Amir Khan. Both not what they used to be at that point. Kelbrook looked sharp that fight, but still not what he once was. Already had been defeated by Spence. So they got these two guys meeting, and it's it's a big fight. It's huge. It's 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 a it's a prelude, right, to Crawford and Spence. Everything they're doing now is just matching, right? And Spence struggled with Porter, had a hard time, really good fight. Very, very good fight. Took a you know late round knockdown to secure the win for Spence. And we're going to see how Crawford does with Porter, how he, how that style affects him, him fighting at you know a level that we know that it was tough for Spence, right? With this, there's no doubt about it that Porter was a tough fight for Spence, was a tough fight for Thurman. That he's at that level, and we're going to see what does Crawford look like, someone at that level. And this is really about promotions. It's really about Crawford being on the wrong promotion for that weight division. And at 147 in the PBC, everyone was fighting each other. So we assume that that's the highest level. But then Crawford could come and just clean out Porter, right? Make easy work of him. And then everything that we thought on that side of the street, right? On the PBC side of the street, will look a lot lesser to him. Then we would just be like, oh, well, they just didn't have the best guy over there. So it was competitive because the best guy wasn't over there. That's what's at stake here. It's not just for Porter. It's not just for Crawford. It's for everyone. Everyone's going to get a measuring stick of what this looks like. Just like when you guys beats Pacquiao, then Porter feels better about himself, right? And then Thurman, right, is, you know, he takes a blow because he lost to Pacquiao and then this guy beats Pacquiao. That's what's happening here. That's what's at stake is to see, you know, is Crawford top dog? Because if he runs through Porter, you would have to say he's top dog. It's going to change perspective. This is one of those fights that changes perspective on how we see the fights or how we see the matchups going. I think people favor Spence in a Crawford-Spence matchup. I don't. But people do. And I think that that's only that's insane to say. And I don't. I think, that, you know, Spence for sure right now is top dog at that weight. Because he, he, he has a tough face of the tough competition. And he's won. And he hasn't lost. And besides Porter hasn't really, you know, been tested since what Brooke, I think Brooke's probably Brooke and Porter are his best fights. And Brooke and Brooke was just his first introduction into that level of fighting. But Crawford has been tested a few times where it's been shaky, you know, against what we assume is lesser competition. But do we assume it's lesser competition just because they're not on the PBC side, right? Are they just not in there with that mix, right? How does Joseph uh, Benavides do with those guys? How does Mean Machine do with those guys? Because we see Mean Machine give, give uh, um, Virgil Ortiz a tough fight. We know the Beat Machine's offense is very good. 
Now Crawford wins that fight, and he wins most of his fights in defi- uh, the uh, can't think of the word. And she clearly, clearly wins these fights, right? There's no question after he wins. Now, are they shaky at moments? Yes. Is Crawford hittable? Yes, because of his style. Because he so believes in his style so much that that's the thing. Was like I explained. It's you see a, a guy get knocked out, right? And then you see a guy, and he'll go rounds and survive. And you would assume, well, the guy that went rounds and survived, he's a better fighter. But it's not necessarily the case because openings are brought along by confidence. As if someone believes in their style so much that they're willing to take chances because they feel like their style or technique is superior to what they're facing. You know, someone like Canelo and Golovkin is two guys really applying what they're best at. When you got a guy like, uh, when you have a fight like Canelo... Just in a lesser opponent, like Billy Joe Saunders or, um, oh, the best one is Colin Smith, right? Colin Smith just shells up. He goes the full distance on the fight, but he he's not applying anything because he doesn't believe confidence in anything. So it doesn't allow openings, and he's not taking any chances to win. He's not taking any chances to lose, and he's just guaranteeing a loss and survival. Crawford is not going to do that. He has not been uh, put in that position in any fight, and I don't expect him to be put in this position in this fight, especially because Porter doesn't have that kind of power. Now, Porter, I know people are saying, well, it's a, his uh, bum rush style that's so hard, and I don't think it is. I think I think that's a part of it, but I think it's the fact that he could do everything. I think it's the fact that he could box, and then he could bum rush, and he doesn't get caught in the rhythm of a fight, which is very hard to do. A lot of times a guy comes out boxing, and then they say, okay, you got to go to war, and he's like, Mentally I'm, and physically, I'm, I can't get there. It's going to take a few rounds to get to that point, to get in the rhythm of that type of fight. Or a lot of times happens is the guy's the boxer. He comes out, gets into a war, and then they say, okay, we need to start boxing. He, it's going to take him a few while, uh, a while to get mentally and physically into the, the rhythm of boxing that fight. It's Sometimes, most of the time, it's too late. It's like, once you're in a war, you're in a war. I can't get out of it. I'm going to be slugging it out today. Porter doesn't get in that. He can switch it up every round, not even between rounds, every minute, every second of the fight, he can switch it up. He can sprint you. He can box you. He's well-rounded. He's giving you a bunch of different looks. But the part where Crawford has the most trouble is power, right? He he's Because he takes chances, he gets hit. And Porter doesn't have that kind of power. doesn't pack that kind of punch. So Crawford, when he is willing to take those chances, is Porter going to be able to land something significant to make Crawford be honest? And if he isn't, does Crawford just kind of march him down? Another thing is Porter, I know that people said that Crawford has never seen this style before, but no one's really ever seen that style before. But it's been beat. It's been beat by Brooke. It's been beat by Thurman. It's been beat by Spence. And they've never seen that style before. And the one we have to watch is the Brooke one. Because Brooke and Crawford are similar styles. And if you see when they fought each other, that they did similar things. And Brooke was able to land on Porter. And I thought that he beat Porter probably the... Most clearly uh, of all the fights, he was the most of uh, decisive in his victory. And that was because of the timing. Because he was able to time Porter. That when Porter would rush in, he would just walk into shots. And he's going to walk into shots with, Car- uh, with Crawford. Now, I haven't broke down this fight as in view their fights, study them, and all that. That's, that's not here. So I'm not going to give my official pick. I'm just saying where I'm leaning right now. And I'm leaning Crawford heavy. And I think the timing is going to be an issue. And I think that... If Crawford gets Porter hurt, I, I I don't think Porter would survive that. And I think there might be this might be an uh, eyebrow raising, uh, eye opening fight where you're just like, okay, how good is Crawford? And I think that we're gonna come out of this fight with a lot of people favoring Crawford versus Spence in that matchup.
And it's a perfect buildup to them fighting each other, especially if they could get Spence versus Ugas at the end of the year or beginning of next year. And if Porter wins, I mean, that sets up a huge rematch with either Ugas or Spence, whoever wins that fight. So there's no bad in this. Now, I, I, do I think that PBC was, uh, didn't want to back this fight? Because I don't think that they're questionable of whether pay-per-view returns are going to come back to, you know, cover that uh, 10 mil that's guaranteed to the fighters. Maybe. I think so. Maybe. But this is, you know, Top Rings and ESPN are going to take that chance. And just look at the numbers, right? It would need to do about 250,000 buys. It seems doable. It seems very gettable for the amount they're paying the fighters. I don't expect to have a, a crazy undercard on this on this, uh, on this event. But you don't really need it with that fight. And that is a, a fight fan's fight. It really is. That is a fight fan's fight. And it's too, you know, that's, just, that's if it's not the best fighting the best, it's two high-level guys fighting each other. Two top five guys fighting each other. Most likely, you know, top four guys fighting each other. I want to get into the Wilder, the training camp. We're getting closer every day to that Fury fight. And I think there are some red flags. They're from both sides. I, I, agree, I agree with that. And I think to say anything otherwise, it's lying, right? It's not. It's picking a side. I, I, I'm, I don't want to pick a side. I want to call it straight. But Wilder's giving me more to see. Now, Fury, we hear things, right? We hear that he was dropped by Jared uh, Anderson. We hear they fake COVID. We hear all these things. I don't know what to, I don't, I don't, there's no proof to it, right? We just hear these things. With Wilder, everything I'm going to talk about is what I've seen. Because they're putting a lot out there. We had a new uh, trainer added to the camp, which seems like a camp of about five trainers. With Malik Scott uh, being the head man, it looks like, for this training camp. We got some footage of him uh, hitting the pads. We got footage of him head moving, him moving around the ring. We've seen, we've seen a lot of stuff. From him. And I guess my well, my logic is right on this. Now, Wilder claims a lot of things, right? Everybody's been over, you know, the, the he was drugged, um, there was stuff in the gloves were messed with. He uh the suit was too heavy, all all these things. Now there's no proof of them. There's no um they didn't go after in a lawsuit. You know, if you went after a lawsuit for the rematch, you would think, you, you know, you also probably go after a lawsuit uh, for all these things that were he could have physically caused harm to you. Do I believe the gloves are tampered with? I don't. Right. Nothing has shown me that the gloves are tampered with. There's no proof. Now, I know people take pictures of the gloves. Gloves are just like that sometimes because you got puncher's gloves and they, they're less padding at that part. They're looser. I've, I've boxed before. I've seen a lot of gloves. That part didn't get me. He was drugged. There's no proof of that. That's just an accusation. I don't know that it's not true, but I, I don't know that it is true. So I'm just going to leave it as there's nothing. I don't know what to make of that. But if all those things were true, right? And you truly believe those things were true. And you truly believe that you also wore the suit that, you know, wear down your legs when you came in. Well, then wouldn't you be extremely confident going into the third fight? All you had to do was show up the Wilder that usually shows up, and you would clean out Tyson Fury. You wouldn't need any changes. 
you would just do the game plan that you were doing because you knew that all these things had been done to you. And they're not going to be done that night. You're going to be aware of them. You're going to make everybody aware of them. And you're going to come in 100%. And you know that Fury had to do all these things to beat you. And he still couldn't stop you. I mean, you know, he couldn't keep you down at least. Wouldn't you be just extremely confident and not need to make any changes at all? But yet everything I see in the Wilders camp is they're changing everything. They're changing his style. They're changing the strategy. They're changing um, the location, the trainer, the the mentality, everything. Everything's changed in this fight. But if that was just an off night or that was just, you know, the odds were against you or everything was you were cheated, why would you need to change so much? Why, why would there need to be this much drastic change? Another thing I noticed is, why do I know your game plan already? How is that an advantage that I know what you're going for? That I know the stuff you're working on, the punches you're working on. How, how does that benefit you? How does it benefit you that Fury sees that, that his trainers see that? Wouldn't you want to come in with a little bit of mystery of like, we don't know what we're going to get from Wilder today. But now everyone knows. Especially your fans, that they post all the time, right? Like a Wilder did this, like a Wilder did that. Look, he's working on the body shots. He's going to apply more pressure. He's going to be put more head movement this time. He's going to look to box. You know, it's a lot of things coming out of the camp. It's also a thousand different game plans. Wilder's well, also 36 years old, and he's going to change his whole game for this fight. And I'm not saying that you can't grow as a fighter, but I'm also am saying that you can't change 100% everything in a training camp. You can't. Look at when... Um, these fighters go to new camps like, let's say, uh, Valdez goes to Reynoso, right? And it takes a few fights to adjust to that game plan. It takes a few efforts, right? It takes a, a, a few uh, tune-up fights. It takes a few fights where it's like he struggled and he finally starting to get the, you know, the style that they want, the technique that he wants. It, it, it's not going to change that. And especially at 36 or 37 years old, what Wilder is, he's going to change everything. I don't think anything's wrong with, you know, I'm going to go to the body more. It's good, right? But... I don't think anything was wrong with Wilder's style to begin with. I think he had moments where he did good in those in those in the previous two fights, right? Well, at least in the first one, he had good moments. In the second one, it looked like he wasn't expecting Wilder to push him back like that. Wilder, I mean, uh, Fury pushed him back like that. Fury was big. Fury, since he wasn't running, he was step. Uh, you know, he was uh, putting weight on shots. Now he was beating uh, Wilder to a spot. He was pushing Wilder off his spot. But if you feel that all those things are disadvantaged, then you should feel like you come to this fight with those same Wilder style, right? Maybe a few tweaks here and there. You should be good. But now you're depending on all these things that you worked on to just put them in a fight. And they're going to work all this, uh, in that one fight. It's a lot to do. It's a lot to demand of your fighter. You also have a thousand different trainers, so doubt's a different, you know, men- mentally what's going to happen, right? Uh, I hear, oh, he's going to box. And then I hear he's going to knock him out in two rounds. He's going to knock him out under five. He's going to work the body. He's going to put pressure on him. He's going to move his head. There's, there's a thousand different ideas. Now, you're giving me all these you know, techniques, what you're going to come with, but then also it's a thousand different ideas. I think it's just going to fall in with along within the same Wilder. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing. I think Wilder 
doing what Wilder does is one of the best fighters in the world, especially at heavyweight. And that's been proven all his previous fights. Now, do I think that he's going to beat Tyson Fury? No, I do not. That's not my official pick. Like I said, I don't official pick until week of after I broke down the fights, right? But I right now, no, I don't. And I especially don't think that if he's going to have to switch his whole style or he's going to try to box with Fury or he's going to, you know, um, be a combo puncher now, all those things. I think that the changes would be slight, little slight changes from Wilder's game. But Wilder's game was very special because he hits very hard. He has good timing. And he had good speed. And he would learn to work with his body, what his body can do best. That's what they got him doing. They said, your body does this best. We're going to bring that out of you. We're going to find the power and the right shots for what your body does. That was the genius of it. And I know people say, well, his trainers, they don't teach him and he has no technique. But that was the beauty of it. I, I always stand by that. It's in, in boxing, it's doing what you're best at and being able to apply it in the ring. And Wilder was doing that. And he was doing it better than anyone. But now the whole game's switching up. And now he's going to try to do the mistake of like, say, an MMA fighter, right? Like, say, MMA fighter comes to boxing and be like, oh, I'm going to learn to box now. It's like, wait, you're going to... The whole point of you coming to MMA, right? The whole point of Conor McGregor coming to coming to boxing was he was going to apply stuff that boxers never worked on. That was the thing, and that was the right the right strategy. It wasn't work, didn't work, wasn't very effective, but it's the right strategy. Is you apply what you're best at. You don't try to become what someone else is. And I feel like Wilder's trying to become. He, he's succumbing to the pressure of like everybody saying his techniques horrible and all that. That why why do it now? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if everything was against you that night, and it's not going to be this fight because you're going to be on top of it, everybody's looking out for it, well, then you should just show up wilder, and it should just be effective, and it should, it should, you should feel confident in what you're doing. But I don't see that. Now, I said there's red flags in Fury's camp. Yeah, it's, I see. seems like lack of focus. seems like he's uh, definitely partying more in this fight. You see him out in public more. Um, they definitely did pull out of the fight during COVID. I think that was out of sloppiness of the of the gym, out of all them. I don't know if the focus is 100% there. It kind of looked like a team that just won a Super Bowl and came back the next year and partied all offseason. That's what it kind of kind of looks like. But I'm not seeing a lot of it. And I can't go off of rumors of what's happening in the gym because I'm not going to go off rumors of what's happening in Wilder's gym. I'm not going to go off rumors that Wilder was depressed. I'm, I, I'm not there to see that. Where, where are we getting that from? So I'm not going to go off that, you know, Fury's a mess in camp. He's out of shape. I've never seen him in camp. I've never heard that he was, you know, killing it in camp either. I've never heard those rumors. So it's, you can't, I can't take that. I'm just taking from what I see. And Wilder's letting me see a lot. I think he's letting me see too much. I think they're trying to change too much. That's just what my impressions are going in on this. Are. Last thing I wanted to get in was the UFC is going to match up Brandon Moreno versus Devison uh, Figueredo in the third fight, which the second fight was not close. It was completely one-sided. Now, uh, Davidson could say, you know, it was a weight cut for him, right? But the, the problem is, is that he's still staying in the same weight. And it lets me know that the UFC still doesn't truly believe in this weight class. Now, they, they, they found two guys, right? Especially in Brandon Moreno that, you know, are sellable, marketable. But they are not willing to, you know, 
one guy couldn't get to the fight. He wasn't ready, right? They weren't willing to go another guy. They weren't really willing to go to maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth guy in the rank and say, okay, here, here's your shot. And to me, honestly, it's just lazy matchmaking. And it's lazy promoting. And it's not really a fight that I'm I'm really excited about. And I'm not saying that Davidson Figueredo couldn't win the fight. I'm sure he could. But he, he wasn't competitive at all in the last fight. And to me, I think the weight is a, was a big was a big uh, hindrance of it. And he, he couldn't truly unleash his weapons fully because he didn't have the tank to support it. And the UFC is now, to me, continuously has kind of done matchmaking that uh, just seems to be lazy at moments, right? Or just, it's like if you're just letting uh, a computer system algorithm kind of create the who's next. That's not saying is that's not fair though, right? It's not, it's not saying that maybe it's fair. Maybe it's the fairest way to handle all this is don't let name power or ranking, uh, you know, name power go over ranking. Like Figueredo is number two. Or he's number one unranked without the time, the belt, right? And he is there, but he got his chance. And I feel like if he got his chance and he didn't win and it was a rematch off a fight that he probably should have lost the, um, you know, the awful fight that he you know, probably should have lost the first time, then maybe, the, you know, someone else should get a chance in the rankings. Especially because Figueroa didn't, like, not like he fought to keep that spot. He just was the last guy to lose. But like in a case of Derek Brunson, who's already lost to the champ, clearly one-sided, but has fought his way and fought and crawled his way back to the top. Well, if we're following the system of the rankings, it's just whoever's next, he should be next and he should be close to a line for title shot, especially because the two guys ahead of him are fighting each other. And the, the only guy I think below him, he should be below him because he has more wins recently, is the Killer Gorilla. Now, I imagine they'll fight each other. And if Brunson wins that, he should be next for the title. Even with Vittori fighting. Because Vittori just lost. He got his shot. Now he has to get back in line. Brunson has not got the shot. He deserves it. He's fought Israel Adesanya. Adesanya wasn't champ at the moment. They were both working their way up. So if the UFC wants to just go base, solely based on the ranking system, that's fine. I do think the Figueredo doesn't deserve this shot. I think they could have said, okay, if these guys, the, the next three can't do it, then go to the next guy in the ranking and give him the shot. I'm trying to figure out, are they going off the ranking system or are they going off name power? Because this one, it, it could be either way. Because you technically, you can make a case that he's number one ranked. But then also, you can make a case that he's the only other name that they feel is worthy of main, being a main event or at least fighting for the title in a co-main event. The UFC, does, you know, they do, I don't know if they care about name power anymore, but there's also a limit to that, right? And does Brandon Royval sell? Is Brandon Royval a big enough name to give a title shot to on a pay-per-view card? Maybe not. We're going to see. It's either be the fairest system in the world or it could just be name power once again.
staying true to getting you uh, shots that maybe you don't deserve, such as Masvidal fighting Usman. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Ezra Podcast.